Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week, we're talking about bug snacks. The PlayStation 5 is finally here, and we have a ton of first impressions on brand new games and old favorites with a fresh new coat of paint. Plus, there's a lot of news this week regarding updates to Star Wars Squadrons, Animal Crossing, and Avengers. Follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Back on episode 3, we unveiled to the world our special fast food promotion. Yeah. The main mission meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember that. I don't know if you recall, but we said there would be a seasoning pass with certain editions of the main mission meal. Yeah, there was like a, a deluxe, and so like all that good stuff was a part of it. Yeah, you know, the steel bag and all that stuff. So actually, uh, today... It marks the release of our first DLC expansion, um, our first little bit of seasoning to this meal, called the Bug Snacks expansion. So now you can get a main mission meal that features a bunger, and if you're feeling extra spicy, you can get a barbecue bunger meal. And you know we've got a lot of a lot of people that want this. I mean, this is looking. I mean, I just got to say that. After all what's had been happening, and for this to come out with in title with uh, bu- uh, Bug Snacks, does it come with free seasonal condiments? Yes, and it comes with, with add-on condiments too. Free add-on condiments. So, I mean, not only do you have the seasoning pass, but you have free add-on condiments. I mean, I don't know where you could go wrong with this. You even get a toy. You get a toy Grumpus with each Bug Snacks edition of the markers on the map main mission meal does it have your uh daily refills for that soft drink you gotta log in and get your daily refills so of course any good any good meal as a service has daily refills i'm liking it i just want to know when they're going to release that a rib sandwich because there is a rib in bug snacks and it is bone it doesn't have bones in it well let's just say Owners of the Super Deluxe Edition are in for a surprise in their weekly loot drop. That's all I'm gonna say about that. We'll see what's more to come. So, you know what meal it is, and you know what time it is. It's time for a brand new Markers on the Map, a gaming adventure. You know, that place where old and new collide in this vast open world. As usual, I'm Daniel, and I'm here with my co-host and good friend Robert. How have you been this week? I've been great for the past week, and we all know why, and it's not even a secret. I know why. I know why. Let, let me stop you right there. You'll recall I, I I had those Reese's Peanut Butter Ghosts? Yes. And then I didn't have those Reese's Peanut Butter Ghosts? Yes, you ate them on like a week. It took one yeah. week for you to be finished with those. And then I was sad, because I didn't have any. But they're so good. However, they're, they're delicious. So those geniuses came out with a Christmas tree edition. And you know what? The shape is barely discernible between the two. So it's almost like I have my ghosts back. And that's why I've been happy. Aside from, you know, another little thing. I've, I've messaged, as you said, 
they have Christmas ones. And I said, how come they don't have a holiday Thanksgiving one? Like a holiday ham. Or even turkey shape. And you, and I quote, say, well, it's not even molded correctly, so it just could be a holiday ham. Well, they're molded correctly at the start, but then they get melty at the store and all crushed up because the the cases of them are all, like, smashed down into each other. So sometimes you get ones that look like ham. I mean, one of my ghost ones looked like a PlayStation 5. Okay, that's weird. I don't know why yeah. that would be. And it was really big and also heavy. And also the best console I've ever tried out, so... <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's for later. So, we will get to some PS5 discussion... As you probably assumed from listening to last week's uh, PS4 Top 10 Countdown, we've, we've got PS5s this week, so we've kind of been playing those. So let's get to some news first. So Avengers uh, finally gave us the release date of Kate Bishop, our first DLC character. She's coming out on December 8th. Now, it's, you know, turbulent times for this game, I think. Uh going into next gen it's not gonna get a ps5 update until next year and the player base seems to be dwindling but you know at the end of the day i'm i'm still wanting it to succeed i want this game to succeed i don't know at this point well i mean you want it to succeed right i want everything to succeed but it just seems like all the bad luck is coming towards this game you bank so hard on a license that the game loses some of its soul or some of its potential soul. But I feel like there's enough potential in Square Enix Crystal Dynamics to turn it around and salvage it from becoming kind of like similar to the way Anthem has gone. And they still say they're going to fix Anthem and update it for people who play it. But if you're going to do that, maybe launch it as a free-to-play title. I don't know if we're getting too opinionated here, but... Uh, maybe. That that works for games as a service. It's free to play. It, it's a good sign that they're releasing. They're finally releasing some DLC that they promise. At least, at least a very good sign that they're at least wanting to keep continue this game. And I guess Hawkeye is coming next year. But these are two archers, so maybe release a character in between to break up the monotony. I don't know what the exact schedule is here, but I know that Black Panther is like all but confirmed at this point. I want to know when they're gonna drop the Spider Man DLC. It's got to be sometime in the first half of next year. I'm going to go off on a guess here and say May. That's going to be weird because it's going to be that period where, like you said, there's it's two like Arrow characters, you know? Yeah. Um, and Spider-Man would fill in that void of in between those, but that's only for like PlayStation. Yeah. So it's not going to do anything for the, the other consoles. Yeah. So, you know, time will tell with that. The Avengers game is a weird thing that we follow. <laughs> Speaking of updates, Animal Crossing is actually just received a new update last night, and that update is going to bring a Thanksgiving event on Thanksgiving. And, you know, this is the episode we're recording before Thanksgiving. We're recording another one beforehand, but it won't premiere until afterwards, so this is technically your markers on the map Thanksgiving special. So this is an update for you to get, like, a special Thanksgiving event. And if it's anything like the Halloween event, it's worth playing because that Halloween event like blew me away. It was actually really cool, um, very cute and all that. You, the, you got a lot of cool stuff. They're also doing an event on Christmas Eve called Toy Day where you get a little reindeer Santa Claus guy in your town and you can spread Christmas joy and Christmas cheer. I don't know about you, man, but you know, when I need to de-stress, something cute and heartwarming and therapeutic like Animal Crossing 
actually helps me more than say a couple rounds of an fps i'm on board with you on that when i get stressed out from either being tired of siege or tired of overwatch because eventually you do get tired mm-hmm. i go build something in minecraft that's that's yeah. my uh, game i calm down got a to. therapeutic little loop like a game where you can go farm for a while or gather some materials it's really the same concept except you know you don't have a open world in animal crossing it's more or less focused on just being you know kind of cute and i don't know what the, the the proper word for it is maybe like rejuvenating or i mean you do have neighbors though in minecraft it does get pretty lonely by yourself yeah you do have neighbors I was going to say, it was to the point where I started talking to the Endermen, and then I ended up getting punched in the face. Don't want to talk to them. They're the bad guys. I mean, are they really the bad guys? They just kind of do their own thing. They're just kind of picking up blocks here and there. True. Maybe it was Minecraft Steve or or whoever that jumped into their world and invaded their world. Maybe. So yeah, Animal Crossing. I still play every day, surprisingly. I have not missed a day. Mostly because there's not a lot to go out and do to where I wouldn't have to log on for a day. So, hey, that's cool. And it looks like a lot of our news this week is is updates, to be honest. So, here's a big one for me. Really big one for me. You remember Star Wars Squadrons and how they said there's no planned DLC for it? And then we're like, you know, maybe if the game takes off, they'll kind of maybe, maybe add some stuff. Yes, I remember all that. Well... A couple of days ago, uh, the team at Motive announced not one, but two free content updates. Um, we had that little Mandalorian like trinket update thing where you could get like a Baby Yoda um, bobblehead in your ship. But now we've got some big updates coming in November and December. So November's update adds a lot of new components to the ships. It also adds a new multiplayer map from the story that wasn't in the multiplayer for some reason already. So they're adding that. But the big thing is in December, two new ships, one for each faction. And a lot goes into these ships. Like there is a lot of detail and effort put into each of the weapons and shields and different missiles you can have for each of these ships. And they're adding a new one, uh, Big Wing, for the uh, Rebel Alliance and tie defender for the empire so i'm actually really excited that they got got that support and they feel like they can do some extra content for us it's to the point where i think with enough support of this game it'll most likely get a ps5 update oh that's the dream i I know it runs for sure a little better maybe better lighting on the ps5 but it's it's already a smooth 60 but the load times is really what we go for with these PS5 updates. I think the controllers would help an update for that game for the PS5. Oh yeah, the controller would definitely feel great with it too, especially if they added some of the haptic feedback for say your throttle or your booster shooting the lasers itself. Like you know in Astro when you shoot the the gun, it like bumps the trigger every time you shoot something. So Oh yeah. Adding something like that for Star Wars Squadrons would be cool, but I'm just happy to see a really kind of cool but niche game like this get this nice big update with new ships, which is not something I was expecting at all. Even with ex- even with DLC for this game, I was not expecting ships. Like I said, with enough support, anything is possible. Like even regardless of what they say, if enough fan support is behind a game, they'll update it. I mean, Left 4 Dead 2 
got an update like not that long ago and that game oh yeah a pretty big one too was that a lot of uh user generated stuff i mean it's still supported though yeah so maybe if we can get enough people back on the avengers train content will come out more frequently please you really want that game to succeed I do, because I like the gameplay. And, you know, the characters are cool. The combat's great. It's just, there's not a lot to do. (laughs) Anyway, Game Awards nominees. Now, I don't have the full list on me right now, but I thought we could just touch upon the Game of the Year nominees. Um, Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, Last of Us Part 2, Ghost of Tsushima, um, Hades that's surprising oh i'm so glad hades is part of it but it's i'm glad it's on there too and oh no, final, final fantasy 7 final, remake i said final i said final fight i wish final fight was on there oh final fantasy, final fight uh, final fantasy 7, 7 remake. remake honestly here's my hope well here's what i think should win ghost of tsushima by all and like by all purposes should win yeah but if hades won i wouldn't complain because i think that an indie game winning game of the year would be amazing, especially Hades, because it's just so good. I mean, an indie game winning over all these, like, AAA studios, I, I think that would be pretty great. Like, I think it was, like, the early 2010s, they were saying how indie games were going to be bigger than, like, AAA stuff. Mm-hmm. And there has been a couple, but I don't really think they've really pushed over that. They're kind of both the same here and there. Like, I like both of them, but I don't think an uh, indie game is one game of the year since like this whole like game awards existed yeah and it's been you know it's been quite a while since they started i remember last year was sekiro right that one game of the year yes from them and i consider the game awards to be like the 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 winner of that game of the year is what i would consider to be like the media's perception of game of the year yeah so something like hades winning would just one, it would help that studio tremendously, even though they've got, they are selling Hades like crazy. It's doing so well, I think. Um, I don't know the concrete numbers, but everybody's talking about it. So they have a whole Nintendo video series about ranking the characters in Hades and all that, too. So it's popular. Yeah. What did you think will win? I'm thinking Ghost. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a safe bet. Now, neither of us really care about last of us part two it's not that i don't care about it it's the gameplay is what made me not want to play it yeah we're not too fond of the gameplay from the first one and this looks more or less like a continuation of that style of gameplay but we can't ignore that it's a critical darling and it also has the potential to win this i want ghost of tsushima to win i think with The story, the settings, the controls, the load times, the theme, I think Ghost deserves to win. Because Last of Us, the thing that keeps me away is just the controller. I mean, the main thing when you play a game is how it controls. And it's the same thing from the first one, and I did not like the first one. Controls. Yeah, the the, uh, gameplay of the first one kind of soured me on the series, despite having a really good story. Yeah. Um, Now, what's surprising to me is that Half-Life Alex is not present on the Game of the Year uh, nominee list, which is shocking because I that was the one thing I thought I thought for sure was going to be on there. Maybe I don't know. It, it was a VR game. Was it yeah. really a game, or is it one of those just kind of like tech demos? Like no, it, it's it's a game. 
like Wii Sports or something. Like it's one of those games where yeah, it's quote unquote a game, but it's really just to show like even Astro's Playroom, it's just to show what this system's capable of. Yeah, I, I think it's a game. I mean, I think Astro's Playroom merits being called a full game and not like an experience as well, but maybe that's just me. It is short. But um with Half Life Alex, it is a full game. And it's also like the third highest rated thing on Metacritic this year, right underneath Persona 5 uh, Royal, which is the top I last time I checked, and Last of Us Part 2, which is second. So this is something that's up there, but I guess maybe it just didn't catch. I, I, maybe Hades took its spot by just showing up, you know, a few months ago and just conquering discussion on the internet about games, roguelikes, changing what a roguelike could be with a with a cool plot and cool characters like Hades is up for almost every major award at the game awards right down to like voice acting yeah so with that being said you know how we do on here we got a Nintendo Switch uh direct rumor fresh off the presses this one's called Super Mario Spirits the ruined kingdom five years after the fall of Peach's Castle a tattered suit of armor slowly approaches a large, menacing door. Red eyes glow in the distance, and the whispers of shadows fill the air with a sense of dread and hopelessness. Enter Mateo, the son of Mario, who steps forth as a brave knight in this world overturned by chaos. In this new Souls-like experience, slash Block and roll your way through the ruined kingdom's hallowed halls, dangerous caverns, and dimly lit corridors. Fight demonic hordes in this ultra-hard action RPG where the world itself is out to take you down. Go toe-to-toe with vicious bosses, Mario's old foes turned gothic horror in epic showdowns as the kingdom around you collapses into oblivion. Summon your friends for co-op PvE against the likes of Birdo, the Ethereal Queen, Wart, the Exodus Lord, and the Snake Champion Triclide. What was once a dream is now reality, as the Ruined Kingdom hurdles through time and space, inciting calamity on every world it touches. Customize armor and create packs with the Exiled, the forgotten remnants of the Ruined Kingdom, including the Shy Guy Seer and Fanto, the Ghost of Keys. Ascend the tower to uncover the truth behind the fall of the Mushroom Kingdom and the disappearance of Old Man Mario and Lady Peach herself. A tale for the ages. A tale for all time. It's Super Mario Spirits. Hmm. I'm liking this half-new, half-remake of Super Mario Bros. 2 they got going on here. Hmm. I don't know. It sounds like a Luigi's Mansion ripoff to me, if I have to say. Have you seen the Ruined Kingdom in Super Mario Odyssey? No. I Oh my god. I haven't played that one yet. Dude, the Ruined Kingdom? It's not a huge spoiler. It looks like a Dark Souls area oh, in a wait. Mario game. Wait, is it that's I'm thinking of a certain boss fight and I don't is it is it It's the against dragon? a dragon. Yes, yeah. okay. I have seen it does look out of place. Now that you're mentioning it, I do remember that now. Yeah, and to have the world of Super Mario Bros. 2 go from dream to nightmare 
you know, I've seen footage of this. It's very cool. They've they've got it running on a on a on a really good engine here. This this Super Mario Spirits. Um, it kind of gives off your Bloodborne vibe, but with a little bit of Mario flair. But you know, Mario, he's 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 not there. He, it's Matteo. It's his son. I, I wonder how long it took somebody to come up with that name for Mario's son. Matteo. Matteo. I'll, I'll tell you how long. About five minutes. About five minutes. I wonder if other characters would appear. Maybe like an older, like Uncle Luigi. Ooh, yeah. The rumor doesn't mention anything about Luigi, which means he's still on the table here. Like, Old Man Mario and Lady Peach are disappeared. Um, but we've got your classic bosses from Super Mario Bros. 2 uh, USA reimagined as, like, vicious, gothic horror, like, Lovecraftian nightmare, Bloodborne, Dark Souls type bosses. I, I think this has the potential. I think this has potential. I mean, it's not a casual game by any stretch of the imagination, but the potential is there. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking to any of these games to come out eventually. Um, yeah, I'm. Eventually. I'm into it. So, like we said at the top of the show, it's PS5 has been out for a week as of recording, and I have to say that uh, I think we're both very impressed with it. Wouldn't you? I would say impressed is just like a footnote to what I think about the PS5. It's just like <laughs> that's just the beginning. Yeah. So I think the first thing we should touch on here is that we have a newfound appreciation for some older games that now run at 60 frames per second. I was going to say how, what was your first like experience getting the PS5? Like, what was the first thing you booted up? Oh, well, the first thing I booted up was Miles Morales because I wanted the, a PS5 game to be the first thing that I played on my PS5. Uh-huh absolutely jaw drop like i had a i remember how i was saying that spider-man at 60 frames is going to be one of those tearjerker oh my god it's next gen moment well that's kind of what it was the first time you um open up miles morales and he's like there's like a little recap you can watch and then he's just swinging through new york at 60 frames and everything's reflective and you can see all the windows and it's snowing because miles morales takes that new york map and makes it it's it's christmas um so it looks completely different and it was so just like beautiful it was beautiful that's all i gotta say man what about you i wanted to learn yours first because my first i i've jokingly said i wanted mine to be bug snacks which that was second I did put Borderlands 3 first. When I tell you when I tell you that when I started that game up and I saw the 60 frames, the 4K, I was in tears. Considering how long we've played that game, the load times were non-existent at that point. Like Claptrap usually takes like a whole mile on the PS4. Like he, he takes a couple laps on the screen. I think they timed it at three and a half minutes to do that full-on first load. Yeah. It took him only one pass, and then it was already at the title screen. Yeah, about 20 seconds. So that's a big improvement. Enough said. Like I was genuinely in tears because I was just so happy that it was 60 frames Borderlands 3, and I think this game should have been released as a PS5 game. I mean, when we were playing it, we were talking about how it should have been because it's almost too good of an improvement. Yeah, the menu, the the inter like when you interact with certain weapons or customization towards your character, it's just like it took way too long on PS4. And now everything works. 
Oh yeah, even to the point where when you load up your Mayhem on PS4, when you changed it, it had to load everything back in. This mm-hmm. time it just turns it on. You don't have to load it. And it just does it right after, right as you apply it. E- even on it. areas that aren't Sanctuary? Because I haven't tried that yet. Oh, I'm pretty sure I tried it on Sanctuary, but we might oh, have yeah, to test that. Yeah, on, on Sanctuary, it always just lets you turn on Mayhem. It's the other areas you have to worry about. But the load times are so quick now. You only get like one or two spins of the coin every time you uh, load into a new area now, so it's not really that long at all. That's just all I wanted to know. Because that's what was... That, I mean, your experience was Miles Morales, but my experience was Borderlands 3 at 60 frames, 4K, PS5 upgrade. Let me tell you about the like when you boot up Miles Morales, though. You, you get to the start screen, and you press X on your file, and you are in the game with not a second of loading. There's no load screens... You fast travel, and it just shows him walking out of the subway. You click it in the menu, and you're there. It's, like, nuts how how insane the load times on this are, or lack thereof. Like, there's none in Miles Morales. Um, I tried Spider-Man Remastered last night, and in addition to having all the improvements and frame rate improvements and graphical additions of Miles Morales, it also just skips the load screens entirely. There's even an option to put load screens in if you want. I can't, I don't know how, I, I just want to say this, like, I don't know how it comes off right now, but we're very eager and excited to talk about the PS5. Yeah. Uh, I've been <laughs> eager all week to talk about it, just how good of an experience I've had with it. There's been some hiccups here and there, but as a whole package of the PS5, with booting up Borderlands, the low times, Miles Morales, uh, and there's, like, still a bunch of games that we tried on it, and we'll get to those later, but as everything right now it's great even some of our ps4 games have those game boost improvements you've been playing god of war and i've been replaying ghost of tsushima and they're both running at a pretty flawless 60 as far as i can tell it's so good to where in god of war when kratos died and then i had to load back in i would have to wait maybe a good minute to 30 40 seconds for it to load it in it's instant. There's no wait time. You just press X and, it, and you're already back in the game. That's so good. And it's like, you know, Ghost of Tsushima already had minimal loading. Yeah. Now it's even faster. And everything is so smooth. You can really appreciate the animations once the frame rate is, is applied at, at 60. Not to mention, I'm feeling that the colors are more vibrant. Now, I don't have HDR. You do. Yes. But I can still see that the colors are more vibrant when we play something like Borderlands. The greens are greener, which is why I'm hoping Death Stranding will have an optimization update or something. But I, I think even playing that game as is is probably going to be mind-blowing on, on the PS5 because everything looks so pretty. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially with HDR, I'm I'm letting you know that those colors just pop out. Everything is super nice to look at. Especially in like, like I said, God of War, everything is when you're on like, I'm on not to the top of the mountain, but when you're on the mountain with all the snow and you start like walking on it and you can hear the sound effects and just the color of it. And the, it's just such a big improvement from the PS4. And I would, I would say on that, the snow in that part of God of War is probably the best snow you will see in a game that's been released ever until Uh, God of War Ragnarok will probably have better snow because the way it just like acts no i think i think the snow in god of war because it's such a small concentrated area in the game they did so much with it that it just it's amazing i don't know bug snacks there's some snow on that one true i haven't gotten to the snow part on bug snacks yet 
Man, when you step on the fresh snow, it does the sound effect. <coughs> yes, that it does. It does the <coughs> it does make that sound effect. Okay, so talking about walking, Astro's Playroom, it comes in as a free game in every PS5. Yeah. Let's talk about the controller real quick. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, when I first picked up the DualSense and I played Astro's Playroom with the hectic feedback and all that, it's without a doubt probably the best controller ever made without a doubt i agree because it's hard to explain but when you actually take your little robot guy the little buddy and you make him walk on dirt and then you transition to sand or mud or like even walking on plain like tile or metal you can genuinely feel the difference in the controller yeah i was super impressed by that but even more so impressed by the things that caught me off guard. Um, the first level I played was the GPU Jungle, which mm-hmm. certainly has the best song in the game. Because it's amazing. The soundtrack in that game is amazing, but more so in the GPU Jungle than anything. Um, but when you're playing as the monkey, there's a little uh, microchip you can grab onto. Mm-hmm. And the haptics in the triggers are so wild when when you're riding on that microchip that it just bumps your fingers up and down like constantly like it's shaking it i was like oh wow that's really cool and then there's like the gun or like having to hold down like the triggers really hard for the arrow or the gotcha machine where you have to like pull the lever and then crush the thing or when the raindrops land on the umbrella and you can feel them in different parts of the controller like it's all really cool oh yeah uh i don't want to say too much about astro because all the like just a little easter eggs in that game you have to play it for yourself yeah there's a lot of references and cool stuff that is worth searching out in that game yeah and it's not a long game it's a quick game that you could probably play through in a day i so i had the uh dual sense and then i know that they said you can plug in your dualshock 4 so i was like okay i'll plug in my dualshock 4 I'm being genuine. When I picked my DualShock 4 back up after using the DualSense, it felt like an. It felt weird. My DualShock 4 didn't feel the same. I was genuinely in my head saying, "How was I playing this for like, for like what, like six, seven years since the PS like 4 drop?" I was genuinely surprised of like how much it. It didn't take long for me to genuinely like the DualSense and for me to think that the DualShock 4 was just like, "Wow, this is like old." It, it feels weird in my hands. And, you know, the DualSense itself feels more ergonomic, a little more comfortable. The button placement seems a little bit better. Yeah. Um, You've got really cool features with the triggers. Like, for example, in Miles Morales, Spider-Man. You know how in Spider-Man you have to use R2 a lot to swing. That's yeah. That's how you tra- travel in that game. But in on the DualSense... It'll kind of lock the triggers up when you're playing Spider-Man about three quarters of the way through. Yeah. So that you're not having to mash it down as hard. So it's more comfortable to play it because the trigger knows or like they knew when programming the triggers for that game that, well, maybe people don't like having to mash the button down all the way. So they lock it so you don't like hurt yourself playing. And it's just those little tiny touches, too, that really help with stuff like this. I think I love no matter how much I generally do like the nintendo pro controller like it's very comfortable and when i when i picked that one up i thought like yeah this is the best controller but since this one's like 
since the PS5 came out and the DualSense. The PS5, the DualSense is my new favorite controller because of that, uh, the D-pad. Because the Switch does have a D-pad Oh, yeah, the uh, Pro problem. Controller D-pad's not, yeah. not super great. And But, you know, we have to chalk it up to Nintendo for starting this HD rumble trend because Sony took it and kind of rolled with it in their own way and added haptics and all that cool stuff. So it's kind of like... We ha- we knew about HD Rumble. We knew what it was. We knew how it worked. But now Sony's kind of taken the concept and evolved it. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much on the controller. Like I said, we could probably save this for a whole another month. Or we could just talk about it here and there about how our experience with the PS5. Yeah, but, it, it'll it'll come up in the in the games itself. Yeah. Um, any horror stories with the PS5 yet? Anything that made you like heart sink or anything that you were afraid of? uh not me in particular i mean the the controller rumble thing oh like the motor getting stuck on on borderlands kind of you know got me worried for a second but that was an easy fix yeah (laughs) i know you got one i got like three of them dude oh wow so i know people would like to get a new console but as a person who buys a new console you do have to take that risk of this is something new there could be problems down the line my first, the first time I plugged it up and I and I did like everything, it was fine. Like nothing was weird. All none of that. I plugged in my external hard drive. I you know plugged it to the 4K TV and all this stuff. The way I have it set up is, whenever I'm not using any electronics such as my TV or any console I use, I have a, a switch. So I just like shut the power off so power doesn't go through it. Just in case, um, I don't want it to turn on by accident or it doesn't consume too much power and all that. So on the second day. Uh, I switch, uh, I switch it back on, and I turn my PS5 on, and then on the bottom right corner of my uh, TV, there's yellow dots at the bottom, and I and I look and I turn away and I look again and they're gone, and I was just thinking, oh, it's all in my head. I'm just I'm tripping. Like I, I'm not I'm not seeing straight. I just thinking, and this is Friday, which is funny because it was Friday the thirteenth, <sighs> the unluckiest day of the year, and. I was watching uh, some YouTube on it because it, it is my media player. It is like my 4K player, my game console, and like my streaming box and all that. And midway through the video, my console just, it my screen went black. And I heard my PS4 do the, you know, the beep sound. And I, I was confused at first. And then it, it just wouldn't, it just staying, the lights were on, it, it was still black. So my heart sank to my stomach. Because I'm thinking, I did I just get a defective PS5? And I have to go through a whole process to get a new one. But it it turned it turned back on, and I'm like thinking, well, like that's really weird that it did that. But I reported the error. Said Reno report the error. But the one thing that did happen, it did say repairing the external drive. From uh-huh. my knowledge, I did not know at that point that people were having external drive problems. Later, you told me that. Uh, external drive problems were happening with the ps5 and uh it believe it was like the rest mode with like one of the spider-man games i think it was like miles Morales. one or right? both actually i've heard both just don't put it in rest mode yeah it's, it's like when you pick up a new console there's always those things where things can happen so i didn't know what it was but from what i heard is that obviously there's problems with the external drive you know it's not really working with the system at the moment it's not really a fault of like anything it's just how maybe an update can fix it but it's just funny because i was thinking i almost bricked my console on the second day but as i say that's a risk that you take with buying a new console but 
right now in the moment, I don't have my external drive plugged in until um, they fix it in the moment. But that was the first experience. And then those weird yellow lights kept coming back on my TV. Wasn't the PS5. Uh, eventually, you and I figured out it was the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was happy about that. That was like my second experience where thinking, oh, dang, I got another defective PS5 like problem again. But I, I checked everywhere. I wasn't seeing no problems about it turned out to be my tv something about my tv not responding with the 4k when you unplug or like turn off the power to it and then turn it back on it's just like really weird but i just leave it you know plugged into the main power source now and then i just turn the ps5 off here and there but it is just one of those things where i'm happy that i didn't brick my ps5 but i'm hope I, and i really would hope that no one else's ps5 will break because of external drive and i hope they fix it eventually because i'm already filled up uh, my heart, my space on my PS5. Like, the SSD is already basically filled up at this point. I had to delete uh, Red Dead in order to update, like, Rainbow Six Siege for it. Oh, wow. And it's like, you know, we we don't want anyone's consoles to get messed up because it's hard. It, we know it was hard to get this, so we're just hoping that everyone's got... is fortunate with how their, their console is going. Yeah. Um, in these early times with the console because you know you you should consider yourself lucky to have gotten one because there are a lot of people who can't or oh no have, i, or haven't I been am 100 lucky that yeah. i was able to get one there's no doubt about that but it's to the point where even if i didn't get it i would still wait just to get it but i'm really happy that the ps5 doesn't have that much problems the yeah. only problem is really the external drive thing, but that's pretty much it. And Spider and like Miles Morales and all that and like the rest mode. But I, I mean, there's been other console launches where it's just been pretty bad. I remember the Switch launch had a lot of problems with the dock, like scratching the screen. Yeah. Because of how it was pushed together in, in the box or something. Um, That might have been like a plastic warping problem or something. But, you know, I used the screen. I waited to... So I got a screen protector to put my Switch in the dock. And, you know, that screen protector has never been scratched. But I also put, like, electrical tape uh, on the inside of the dock where the plastic is. So that could also have helped. See, but, you know. I, I should have done that. I didn't do that. I took off. I, I've gotten my Switch and I've taken it off with the plastic. I have, like, a screen protector and a plastic shield on it. And I was cleaning it. Yeah. And I saw that the back did have, like, the uses of, like, docking of the scratches. I was like, man, I should have uh. put some in the back. But it's my Switch. I don't, you know, I'm not going to get rid of it. It's my Switch. So, like, oh, whatever. Like, I usually keep it docked anyways. Yeah. But, um, like I said, th- this whole segment of, like, really, like, we can go into details, but I think we should talk about uh, a really great game that, surprisingly, I really liked, and I was hoping that it would come out good. Oh, yeah. And, uh, of course, we're talking about Bug Snacks, baby! Bug Snacks. What a absolutely charming, very surprising, actually really cool, fun little game that we got for free on PS Plus. I mean, I love, I, I was going to buy this game regardless, and I was thinking, like, well, I'll get it eventually, but uh, since it was free, I was really happy about it, and I'm really happy that it was a free game too, because now it's getting that exposure that it needs. So this is a game where you play as a little creature called Grumpus. And you go visit a place called Snacktooth Island. You're trying to find out where one of another Grumpus who looks like a walrus named uh, Liz Lizbert, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where she's gone off to. It's 
it's her and her, I believe it's her girlfriend. Eg- yeah, like, Egbert. Ex- Egbert, yeah. Both of yeah. them basically disappear. So you go to this island and on that island there's little tiny creatures, little bugs made out of food called bug snacks. And the conceit is that when you feed the bug snacks to another grumpus that you meet in the story because you meet uh, what looks to be like 12, I think. Um, I haven't gotten far, but it looks like it's just going to be 12. You, you feed them to them and parts of their bodies you can change into whatever food you fed them so on the surface here we have a game that's like pokemon snap but also pokemon where you're collecting things but like you said la noir with interviews and fallout with mission structure so it's kind of like a mishmash of all these different genres placed into one kind of very charmingly presented and very curious little oddity of a game that I really am enjoying so far. I'm really, I mean, I'm really happy that it's free because I had a friend who, I don't think he would be into it that much. Or he, he probably, I remember when it came up, we were just like, oh, it's kind of meh. And then I told him, was like, well, it's like, it's free, so you should just still try it. He was like, all right, I'll give it a try. He's surprisingly happy how good it actually is. He was actually thinking how, like, it's actually a very good game and it's very charming. It has a charm to it. I was also thinking, what was your favorite bug snack? I'm still pretty early in the game, but I gotta say, the barbecue bunger. That's why he's going in that main mission meal, because he's amazing. I like barbecue bunger, but I like the bag of pretzels. Oh yeah, the one that just hangs out on the tree or something that you can pick up? Yeah, the bag of pretzels is cool. I also like the spuddy, the one that sounds like a tea kettle, because I guess if you feed enough of them to other grumpuses, you can turn their whole body into tinfoil, and that looks kind of cool. I think I put it on. Uh, I I keep forgetting the names have weird names, but the mayor of Snacksburg. I oh yeah, the one voiced his... by Troy Calypso. See, when you told me that, I didn't believe it, and then I heard it, and I was like, oh yeah, that is Troy Calypso. Yeah, it's Max Middleman. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I was I did not hear it, so that's that's really weird because like how much I genuinely don't like Troy. Like I hate him. I hate he's, him. He's such. He's oh, a major voice him. actor in two of my favorite games, Borderlands and uh, Persona Five. Oh yeah, he's um. The blonde Ryuji. one. Yeah. Ryuji. But um, I gave him silver teeth, basically. So now he has uh, just silver teeth on the bottom of his uh, jaw. I gave him the soda pop for a nose. So now he has like a straw mustache. I, I remember there's there is a pickle one. There's like one in a, in a pickle Oh, yeah, jar. yeah. The jar. Yeah, yeah. I got one of those. And then there's an the option to put on the nose. But I'm like, I'm not going to put it on. I think it's like, uh, uh, what was Wambus's wife? Uh, uh Triffany? Triffany, yeah, Triffany. I gave her to her leg because I was like, that'd be kind of funny to put on her nose, but I was like, but that'd be kinda annoying too, just to see a, a big pickle in her face. So I was like, I'll just put it on her leg. Or you could turn Wiggle's hands into like popcorn. She's like the pop star diva of the uh Bug Snacks world. And then there's Befica. She's my I was gonna say she's my favorite. I like Befica. Yeah, she's pretty funny. Um but yeah, I mean with a hundred bug snacks to kind of like capture and collect, um, I'm finding that there's really intuitive uses of the small, like relatively small amount of tools you're given. Like if you want the like cheese puff, you know, butterfly, you've got to use this thing called a lunch pad to like throw your trap off of so you can catch it in midair. And sometimes you use other bug snacks like the scorpion one which i haven't got to like shoot fire at like a popcorn kernel so that it pops so that you can catch it so there's really kind of a unique synergy that goes on between the world and you capturing the bug snacks that just makes it 
a lot of fun to to work through. Uh, there's an Oreo, like or I guess it is, there's a cookie one. I guess I guess Ooh. it's an Oreo. There's a, there's a mountain area where you get to find, and it's and it took me forever to figure out how to capture it. But you do have to get uh, in this game. You do get uh, I want to say their weapons or uh, oh, they're they're gadgets. That's what yeah, they're gadgets. For. They're they're gadgets to capture them because you're not trying to hurt the bucks and you're just trying to capture them. And you yeah. can actually uh, donate them to the farm, so now they could just be pets, and you can go up and pet them. But you know this conundrum of having to figure out how to catch a bug snack. Um, for me so far, has highlighted one of the cool features of the PS5 UI that ha- that's new, which is the cards. Um, if you're having an issue capturing a bug snack or doing something related to the story or solving a puzzle, and you are interested in forward progression instead of being stuck for a long time, if you open up your cards, it gives you exact. It gives you the steps you need to take to do a certain thing, solve a certain puzzle, go to a certain place. So I'm finding that I've used it a few times just because I want to move on with the story and see what happens next. So that that game is really good for highlighting the cards themselves, the activities feature that those cards brings, um, not just with trophies but with main story progression. I'd like to see a lot of PS5 games down the line have these kind of built in like this like i know demon souls has the cards built in if you need help with bosses so i'm really liking that for puzzle solving bucks bucks next is probably a really great game that i'm i'm glad that it's free to play i don't want we don't want to spell too much it's you really should try it yeah it's got it's got a an oddly unique story to it an emotional it looks i haven't gotten too far but it already looks like there's drama and people have problems the the grumpuses have problems with each other and there's like a whole backstory here so it's not exactly a horror game like we thought but kind of and a, a mystery to be sure well it's still a horror game there's some scary parts in there yeah i uh, you were telling me the part i'm coming up to is one of those weird horror parts of bug snack so the trailers did make it apparent that there was more to this than the cute exterior lets on yeah um i think another one i mean there's a lot of ps4 games that we've tried here and there i think i i'm gonna just go like a quick shot at some of them uh siege is really like it does really uh really smooth on there uh load times is great i queue up really quick in the because obviously you have to everyone has to load up before the match begins i load up pretty quick that's Mm -hmm. great uh gta 5 it takes like half of the uh the percentage to load in i think the first time it was like 40 percent i load in it was like really quick um trying to think of something else resident evil 7 i've been playing that because it was for the collection set i think you should still try it i think we maybe want to try an easy mode though because it is pretty difficult i I got stuck at one part and i figured it out eventually but i I was uh, running pretty smooth i think in 4k and everything and just uh and all that i would still prefer the frames over the 4k oh yeah totally I obviously will do 4K 60. If 4K 60 is there, I would do that. But if it's saying like 1080 60 or 4K 30, I would do the 1080 60. Yeah, the difference when you switch between performance and fidelity mode on Miles Morales is like night and day. It's like, no, keep the frames on. Um, And then speaking of uh, other games I've tried, Fall Guys I've tried, um, there's no more frame dips if you're playing on the PS5 like you get randomly on the PS4 when a lot is going on. And it feels like they added a little bit of bloom lighting. Could just be me, but I'm seeing a bit of bloom lighting. Um, 
I haven't tried any other. I haven't tried Squadrons or Street Fighter on there yet, but I I did try Godfall. But we're gonna talk about that another time because I'm only like two hours into Godfall. Yeah. And uh, the P. I know this because the PS5 tells you how long you've played all your games now, including your PS4 games you've been playing for the past seven years. You got a nice little playtime counter similar to what the Switch has or the 3DS or stuff like that. Yeah, I think I'm being genuine. I think I almost put a thousand hours in Siege alone on that game. Yeah. Borderlands 3 is my top at a 399 hours. I really like the interface of the PS5. I, when I oh, first yeah. saw the interface uh like trailer, I thought it looked confusing at first, but once you actually do get your hands on it, it's it's simple, it's easy. Everything is separate from your games to media. I like that it's separate now. It's not all just like mixed in with one another. You could just choose which one you want to do. The settings are great. Also, your friends list is called game base and i like that i mean i still like the old structure of the parties where you didn't have to make a preset one like oh yeah you didn't have to make them with your friends you know sony acknowledged that it was maybe a mistake maybe not it doesn't really matter to me i you know i'm i'm using whichever one's available but i do like that you could have just made one and invite whoever or people can join in whenever but i can see benefits to either or but i i just like it that you could have just made a party and you didn't have to friend certain people like, oh, like this certain group has this many people or this, I have to make a group for this many people. It's just like, oh, I could just make a party and invite whoever I want to at that moment. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I would say I miss about the PS4. But it's fine. I don't you know. I don't play with that much with like other people. I usually play with the same couple, like five, six people. So... I'm never really going to need a, like a lot of groups to play with, but I just that's something I miss about the PS4. There's some things that I miss, but I think overall the PS5 is a much better experience so far than when I first tried the PS4. Yeah, it's definitely... I remember PS4 launch, I had Killzone Shadowfall, and yeah. that was it. I bought Need for Speed like two weeks later, but I've already got eight games installed on my PS5, six of them being PS5 it, it, like enhanced or new PS5 games. The Spider-Man game with remastered. Um, I haven't tried Man Eater PS5 edition yet. Then we've got our games, our older ones that can run at 60 Days Gone, Monster Hunter, Final Fantasy 15 Royal Edition. There's a lot of improvements here, and it, I feel like there's more down the line. I'd like to hope Death Stranding, um, stuff like that. So we'll kind of see where it goes with the older games, but with things like Godfall looking as good as they do and running at 60 i am very hopeful for the future i think this was a really good console launch i think there's a lot more we can say about it but to keep it short ended um overall even with the like two hiccups that i had there's like man there's not a lot here and there it's a pretty good launch the great the games that it came out with are great i mean demon souls and spider-man are already good enough yeah. As those are two launch titles for this Imagine console. launching your console with Demon Souls and Spider-Man. That's great. My experience with it so far, and I think this is the most important thing about it, it doesn't overheat and it doesn't sound like a jet engine. Oh yeah, it's quiet. It's very quiet. Sometimes I don't even know if it's on. That's why sometimes when I go to bed, I'm like, did I turn the PS5 off? Because it's that quiet where I don't know if it's on or off. It's just a lot of good things. And I'm so happy we were able to get a PlayStation 5 at launch. I mean, we're lucky, and like I said, we but we take that risk of having a launch console. But I think this launch console, I think both console launches, I don't think there's much problems. There will, there will always be those ones that have 
quote unquote problems, but that's every product. And these are companies that aren't like unknown. This is, this is, you know, Microsoft and Sony, they will always back their consoles up. They won't just ignore consumers because obviously that would just divide. That would just build a wall between the consumer and the, and the, and the, and the companies. So, you know, any problems, even if it may seem weird or it may seem minor, you just want to report it or say something about it. And maybe, someone else has the same problem and all this stuff but i think both consoles this generation i mean talk about how the xbox you can leave it on rest mode and leave the game running and then you can go do something come back and turn it on and it's right there it's just available you don't have to like load anything it's just you're back in the game yeah a lot of cool technology in these consoles and you know, it can it, we can only go forward from here. So I'm looking forward to what the the rest of this year and especially next year has to offer because PS5 games need to start getting announced more more regularly now. So I think that we will have a lot to say in the coming weeks. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the next couple weeks, you may have noticed we've been doing a lot of special episodes lately, uh, dear listener. Um, so as we kind of get back into normal episodes for a while, there is actually a lot of Switch games in my backlog that I've completed since we started the Halloween stuff and the PS5 stuff. So I'll have a lot of Switch games to talk about in the coming weeks too, um, especially Cadence of Hyrule. I'm going to have a lot to say about that. And I know you've been playing some stuff too. So the we're, we're going to, as usual, be talking about old games and new games and doing our news every week. And, you know, uh, there's a lot to be thankful for uh, this Thanksgiving, especially let's be thankful that we're safe and, you know, that there's a lot of cool stuff to play and just, you know, we hope everybody else is safe. I know the world is crazy with everything going on, so we're just thankful for the people who listen to this podcast, too. I mean, I, I see the numbers, so please, please comment. Or please follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map. Before before we signed off, because we're probably this is probably the Thanksgiving episode. This is an important question. What is your favorite Thanksgiving uh, meal? What's yeah. your favorite dish? What's your favorite dish at Thanksgiving? We'll see if see if you respond to that on our on our Twitter. We'd actually really love to know. We we want to engage with the people who are listening to this so far. So uh, you like uh haul it, you like the ham. Do I like ham for Christmas? I always eat turkey for Thanksgiving. Not not that it's my favorite or anything, but you know. <laughs> I think I think ham's probably the best dish. I think I, ham is the best dish. A turkey's too dry. It is, but ham is a ham is a Christmas thing for me. But I digress. There will be a Christmas episode too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that about wraps it up for this week's episode. Um. As usual, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our Podbean website. Follow us on Twitter, like I said, Markers on the Map. And hey, it's like we always say at the end of the day, the real FIFA Street was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.